Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Neer. I'm Brett, and today we hear stories of Walker's situational awareness in Ghost Recon Wildlands, fighting a fluid enemy in the Creeper World 4 demo, my Dungeons & Dinner Night, and we also touch on the recent shakeups with Mixer, Twitch, and EA's move to Steam. What's up, Walker? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I have actually been playing a couple of different titles. Um, I would say that the the one I've spent the most time with over the last week is probably Ghost Recon Wildlands. Okay. Are you familiar with that at all? Uh, only the little tidbits that you have mentioned. Okay. So I mean, I'm familiar with the Ghost Recon games, but not their most recent iteration. Yeah, so it's, you know, they're all Tom Clancy games, Rainbow Six and, and Ghost Recon. Um, but it's interesting because while the games, there are a lot of games that carry those uh, subtitles, I guess, or I don't know what you call it. <laughs> um, is it a subtitle? Do you know? I'm totally tangenting right now. I, but I, it... Like directed by, I, it's not even directed by because he doesn't direct them. It's just his name yeah branded. sponsored by tom clancy like <laughs> yeah branded branded that way branded yeah it's like madden in my eyes like oh, yeah uh, yeah uh, fair anyway so i could digress for a long time but it, it's not worth it so um so anyway what's interesting is just actually how different the games play that, that that's where i would take umbrage with the madden comparison is that at least madden are all trying to create football simulations and maybe that's a overly simplistic but the, the point just being like with the tom clancy games i mean if you look back to the n64 ghost recon like rainbow six games those were like really tactical and slow right. playing well and like all like single player for the most part like the original ones right and then you go forward to like um like xbox 360 era and they had like ghost recon i think rainbow six like vegas and those are again single player but they're much more action shooters like in the 64 in 64 version you were like looking at a map of the area you were trying to take over and like plotting out team a goes here and team b goes here right you know mapping out instructions ahead of time um and and like in the vegas games you don't really do that as much and then there was like ghost recon advanced warfighter which was a really huge title for 360 when it came out because it's early in the 360 life cycle and that again single player game but i don't think any sort of tactical planning time in that right um, i only i don't remember which one was on gamecube but mm. that's i played which i think it was like a third person over the shoulder kind of thing i don't think mm -hmm. it was first person time it was a lot more like kind of a metal gear sort of game right right huh yeah i don't know on gamecube that i don't i i owned a gamecube but not until way late in its life cycle like right. 2005 i'm pretty sure and... i rented it at that so i don't yeah yeah Either way, and so then the modern games for Ghost or for the Tom Clancy brand <laughs> that we're familiar <laughs> with. Um, actually, before I go on to those to, to the two new ones, the, the other one I would like to mention that I always thought was interesting, and I say that now I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's a Tom Clancy game that is effectively an RTS, but it only came out for consoles like during the 360 PS3 era. And it relies entirely on voice commands. Okay. 
which is trying, to, trying to make use of that like the same era that the the connect was kind of big like trying to use hand screen commands and voice commands and stuff yeah i mean to me what it seemed like because i think it was before connect was was really popular i mean certainly the wii was out but it wasn't anything to do with motion it was purely voice but i think what it was trying to do which i thought it was an interesting try was to solve the problem of rts's don't play well on consoles because right. the controller is terrible and you can't do which i mean i can't do <laughs> probably 100 apm anyway but you certainly could never get to like the professional RTS players just command speed, you know, where they're doing several hundred APM, a you know, actions per minute. Right. Um, and so it was like a way to try and solve that because the way you would do it is you would say like, you know, um, squad one attack sector Charlie or squad two defend sector Bravo. And all the sectors and squads were very simply named and, and named with things that were easy to voice command that weren't overly right. complicated. Um, I know Skyrim around back then, they they made it so you could do voice connect, like shouting the commands Rah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could do that. Anyway, um, I tried to do... Oh, oh, man, I almost had it, and then I just lost it again. Anyway, whatever the name of that game was, the Tom Clancy game that was the RTS, I tried to play it. And to be perfectly honest, I thought it was kind of cool technology and maybe it would have been a really fun game. But I, I lived with a roommate at the time who both of our PCs were in the front room or our 360s or whatever. And so I'm just sitting in a room next to someone else who's not paying attention to what I'm doing, saying things like squad one attack alpha sector. And it's just <laughs> just being remarkable. a jerk. It just really. Well, it's just really embarrassing. Like. <laughs> It's just no, no, not saying it's oh, not them I'm saying playing yeah, the okay, game. Yeah, okay, okay. No, no, I'm playing the game, but it's just they're just kind of looking at me like, what? What are you doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know it. All right, I'm done. Um, <laughs> See, so I would do the opposite, which I would just be like, uh, Squad Bravo attack uh, Omega. <laughs> just. I was very game. selective about my roommates for a reason. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so the modern Ghost Recon games would be Rainbow Six Siege, which is the, that's, that's um, the very popular kind of Counter-Strike, you know, yeah, competitor. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good comparison for it. Um, and it's I mean, it does a lot of interesting things. I mean, Valorant just came out, man. I'm jumping all over the place. Valorant <laughs> came out from Riot not too long ago, which really tries to compete with Counter-Strike, but it plays almost identically to counter-strike so it's a very like i don't know on the one hand it's cool on the other hand it's a tall hill to climb because counter-strike's a very popular game right you can't be exactly so like it and expect to pull much of the market share yeah you'd have to be way better and anytime you're not way better the community's gonna go see you suck we wanted counter-strike anyway you know what i mean right. so it's a tough one um anyway but so Rainbow Six Siege, you know, it's got the destructible terrain and environments everywhere. So you're like, you know, blowing out a ceiling and jumping through it to get to people. Stuff that Counter-Strike like doesn't have at all. Chopping through walls and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so I've got a buddy that's played Rainbow Six Siege quite a bit. I'm not super familiar with it. I've played it a little bit, um, but I think it's a cool game. So Ghost Recon Wildlands is a game that's come out in the last two years, I want to say maybe three um, 
that is an open world a la Far Cry type of game. Okay. And so even if you play it single player, then it assigns three AI squad mates to you. So it's designed very much with co-op in mind, but you don't okay. have to have co-op. Um, I actually haven't played with a single player very much at all. I understand you can do things like set up synchronized shots for your AI Oh, nice. Squad members, so that way you guys can all surround a base and then shoot simultaneously kind of thing. Right. Stuff like that. Um, I've mostly been playing with another buddy, though. And and when we play together, it doesn't fill in the other two squad spots that was with my AI. First, that was giving me my first question. Yeah, which we were both kind of surprised by. I'm not really sure why they... Eh, two humans are better than... Yeah, probably true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's it's a it, it, it's a game where there's definitely a story and story missions, but basically there's you're in Bolivia, so that's not fictitious, but you are fighting against the fictitious Santa Blanca drug cartel. Um, and the story of the game is that you're basically trying. So there's like the the head of the cartel and then he has four underbosses and then those underbosses have webs of people that report up to them right so basically through and like each region of the map like i don't know if they're counties or states or what you would call it but whatever the map's zones. broken up into regions yeah zones um all of those are controlled by some leadership member so not just the not just the underbosses and the main right. guy but the web of people so what you're doing is you're going in and you disrupt activities in a region that will eventually get you to a point by doing story missions or, or, or some random missions too. That will eventually pop um, a mission where you can then go take out whoever is the leader of that region. So the goal is that you're trying to take out enough leaders underneath one of the underbosses to get them to come out. Then you take them out. Once you've taken out at least two underbosses, then you can attack the main cartel leader to thereby, I guess, win the game. Um, so I don't know, like I like it because there's a narrative structure to it, but then there's also kind of a la Far Cry Primal, which you played a right. lot, which I think this is true to all of them. But like you've got your story missions, but then you've also got the random pop-up missions. So like in this, for example, it's there's a convoy shipping supplies right. across this region. You can go and rob it and, you know, get credit for that. And it contributes to the score of the region and, and whatever. Um Anyway, I, I've been talking for a very long time. No, always, I, all I've got is just, I keep cycling. Even though it's not, I keep cycling the Shadow of Mordor, like, underbosses, like, stick your hand on their face and, like, yeah. <laughs> put your guy in on their side or convert them to yours. I'm like, it's Rainbow Six. That's definitely not what's happening at all. But it, like, it just gives me that feeling of, like, these covert operatives, but the storyline that's very right kind of similar in that which are like it's, it makes a very it's a good sensible storyline like that mm -hmm. would be the kind of thing that like a cia operation would want to do right but then i just see like a guy kitted out in like night vision gear just slap his hand on a mob boss and like <laughs> the like burst wow. of light and <laughs> Yeah, it's um, that would be hilarious. If they, I mean, obviously, they wouldn't have the hand mechanic, but it would be cool if if you could like, I don't know. It, the thing is, is you don't really manage a team, but if you like manage a team and could like have them infiltrate the other like somebody side, somebody get in to, undercover or mm -hmm. something, and 
a la Eve Online real life problems. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that would be cool. But anyway, um, I, I don't know. It's been a really it's been a really good time. It 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 gives you a ton of technology to play with. So you've got uh, drones that you can launch out and scout with um, to mark enemies and fly around and you know scout ahead or whatever. Uh, you've got the only time that the hawk actually does make sense because mm-hmm. like in my opinion like it's cool it's a cool mechanic but it makes it actually for me kind of disrupted the realism in something like a far cry primal because like that doesn't hawk's not gonna mark targets for you you can't see through its eyes it might at most screech if there's an enemy over there right um, right and why why is there gps right yeah. but but a drone yes is actually going to mark targets on your head that is literally what it's going to do in a la the real world like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah so it's cool because you get a lot of access to tech you get a lot of access to a, a wide variety of weapons and you can customize them and i don't know i'm just a sucker and it's not like it's some super sophisticated things mini games especially nowadays have it i mean call of duties have it battlefields have it so again it's not unique to this but I love every time when you open a uh, like an inventory screen in a shooter like this and you go to customize your gun and it like shows the gun like all kind of splayed out with all the parts separated and you can kind of tweak each one individually. And I don't know it for someone who's not a gun guy at all and doesn't know that much about it. It just feels like a cool way to see the hardware, I guess Not you sure. could say. Yeah, I, I find uh, myself enjoying those as well. Yeah, I, mean, I can upgrade a gun. It's like that's. It really isn't like they might as well just make a game where the gun is your character and the human wielding it doesn't matter. Like That might be brilliant. Because that's really what it is. Like it takes up the most of the you're upgrading. You're not upgrading the person much. You're upgrading. Right. Just go straight D&D and make it a spiritual weapon with a consciousness. And it doesn't matter who wields it. It, you know, seeks out better parts. And I've actually kind of played a game like that. Yeah, kind of. That's not the premise of it. It's called um, In Control. And it's I've, I, I described it to you briefly. I don't know if I talked about it on the pod and I haven't played it that much. I liked it a lot. But of course, that doesn't that, that's not <laughs> that the means nothing. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, you're like this CIA agent and you you go into this like old government building that doesn't look like it means much. And then you get there's like a, I don't know, extra dimensional force attacking this complex that you're in. I think in. I've seen a lot of gameplay of this. It was kind of popular for a brief, like, yeah, I think flashed honestly, in the pan, but then made a very big flash. Like everybody was talking about it for a little bit. Yes. It, yeah. It's on, it's on the Epic store only, I think is probably the biggest thing. That I holds think it I remember now. this game now. Yep. Um, but yeah, in that you get a gun that's not a real gun. It's a magic gun. And the way that it determines if you can use it or not is you have to try and shoot yourself in the head with it. And if it works and you're qualified or whatever, then it doesn't kill you. And if you're not, then it does. So anyway, that's in control. Separate game. Um, but kind of the gun has its own mythology or not. Right, right. Per se, but, you know, I still think you that. need to be the gun, though. No, no, you're that's right. You're big, right. That's the big change. The character wielding it shouldn't matter. And in fact, should kind of GTA change frequently like npcs like it doesn't the person wielding it doesn't matter like that would be yeah huh that would be interesting i don't know i'm interested in that idea 
we're probably never going to make a game because neither of us are programmers, but that could be right. fun. That'd be an interesting um, game. <laughs> Free ideas. Programmer who we wants just want to play these. Us. Yeah, just true. Steal them and make them. True, true. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um. Anyway, so so Ghost Recon, yeah, love love the tech of it and everything, and also the gameplay of it's fun. It's um. The, it's not bullet spongy either for you or the enemy. So usually a couple of shots, you're down or they're down, which which increases the tension of it all. Right. you got to keep into Pretty. cover. You've got to make your shots count. Right. Um, and because there's just two of us, we really have to try and like figure out what's going on and like really plan. Actually scout an area and try right. not to get seen while you're scouting. Right, right. Um, but what it also what's also true is that moments can just turn on a dime. Like we might be doing fine and there's a sniper up in a tower and one of us shoots and barely misses like low or high. And so it tangs off of the or ricochets uh, off of the tower. Yep. And then they set an Everything, alarm off and now yeah. everyone's hunting for us. But unlike a lot of games, which I, I hate it when games do this, the enemies don't know where you are just by way of magic. They actually have to see you and have line of sight. And even if they get that, if you can break it, it will go back to them searching for you. Right. Which I think is, is a very <laughs> nice mechanic. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the moments that come out of it. I mean, there are a lot of fun gameplay moments that we have that are very much like the intended um, way that you would play, you know, accomplishing a mission successfully, getting through 50 guys successfully and, and you know, stealing the helicopter or whatever the case is. And those are those are really fun but we've also it's also there's also just a lot of like serendipitous ridiculous stuff that happens like um now i will say and i won't go any further because we try and keep it you know pg-ish here but i was not fully sober we'll just say <laughs> um and so i'm i we're, we're doing a mission we're attacking this little village and i'm laying down prone with my sniper rifle out and what i'm trying to do is just ever so slightly scoot over to get the tiniest sliver of an angle on this this enemy that i'm looking right. at and i am not doing this quickly and i am there for <laughs> several minutes i think actually i didn't realize it was several minutes but in hindsight it was several minutes right so i'm and i'm just constantly like trying and i'm because i don't want him to see me so i'm just right. like trying to cheat this stupid stupid angle and then all of a sudden i'm in voice chat and all of a sudden my buddy goes uh hey guy what are you doing over there <laughs> And and it just kind of snapped and I looked at the mini map and yeah, he's like in the village, actually, my, <laughs> my teammate surrounded by enemies. And I am definitely outside of the village looking at this straggler who probably doesn't even participate in the fight if I just go to the <laughs> village also. Right. So that runs through my head quickly and I go, huh? Oh, my bad. Stand up, find my friend, like find his icon to run towards him, run towards him. There's a street right in front of me. As soon as I step into the street, SUV takes me out just <laughs> right in the side. And it was it was completely surprising to me because I had no idea it was going to happen. So it really play, like it wasn't for fun. I had I did not check the street. <laughs> I had no idea. It'll look both ways before you cross the street, you know? I know. I was like, oh my god, I'm a, I'm supposed to be this this super soldier in this game or something with all this tactical awareness and I can't even cross the street. Like my situation, situational awareness is so bad. I can't cross the road. And my buddy is in the building and watched the entire thing. I wish you would have been there because you would have loved so much to see this. And he was just like, 
I got to tell you, man, that was incredible. That was panel for panel perfect. Like, hey, what are you doing? Huh? Oh, boom. boom. <laughs> yep. And it was two steps from where I was standing. It wasn't like I ran 100 yards. I just want to see like the, the full like six minutes of you just like eat, eat, try an inch yeah. over and eat, eat, try an inch <laughs> over. You're like, oh, well, never mind. I'll just get up and take one step. You just get up one step to the right truck. <laughs> just truck. Oh, man, it was bad. And just insta-give, you know. Oh, that's – And then he can't come res me because no. he's <laughs> pinned down by, true, by the things we're supposed to be doing. Oh, it was great. Um, there was another one where, again, same evening, so same state of mind for me. We're on dirt bikes, and we're going down uh, the side of this mountain, again, towards whatever the objective is. So there's, like, some cliffs, like, some just sheer cliffs. But you can kind of, like, like if you go off the side of them slowly, you can almost, it's not a bunny hop, but you can kind of land right. without wrecking, you know? So I was doing that. Well, then we get, and so I was, I was feeling confident, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I did these did bunny hop things. Yeah. I was like, yeah. So now it's just a big decline down the side of the mountain. There's no more hops. So I'm like, great, I got this. So we're just full tail booking it down. And um, right before I get to where I think I want to stop, I slam face first with the bike into a rock, <laughs> which launches me at like, I you know, 70 miles an hour off the front of the dirt bike. <laughs> and I'm, I lose no speed and I'm travel probably 50 feet through the air because you understand I'm on the side of a mountain. Right. It's, a, it's one of those, like, can I deploy my wingsuit? And like, <laughs> yeah, yes. Instead I went, Oh no. And then face first into a rock instagib just off the bike. And again, <laughs> the buddy that was playing is looking through his binoculars and watches the whole thing. He's like, Wow. And I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. Like, I couldn't believe that it happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. There's just, it's just moments like that, which, yes. The, so what I decided is that generally, for the most part, with me and this other guy, like, if he's the one that's the protagonist of the moment, we'll say, it kind of plays out like a Tom Clancy game or book is supposed to. <laughs> and if I'm the protagonist, again, in quotes, uh, it just turns into like a really dumb buddy cop movie, basically immediately, <laughs> where what could go wrong does go wrong and it's surprising and then it, sets though, up some weird series of events that continues to unfold in the, the worst number of dominoes ever correct 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 uh he did have one though where he we were in a plane and we're like circling a base and he's like all right i've got an idea and then circles and then swoops really low over the base and then smashes directly into a tower exploding the plane and killing <laughs> so i was glad that i wasn't the only one having right. dirt moments but at least he was flying a plane, not walking. So um, good on him, bad on me. But but yeah, so I don't know. I've been having a lot of fun with Ghost Recon here for the last week or so. Um, I think it I think it only would have been better if you slowly inched into the road trying to get that shot, <laughs> like laying down prone, zooming through your and you he's like you wouldn't feel it like, oh, this is now pavement. So you'd just keep inching, looking down the sniper scope and right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was the only thing I said to myself to try and make myself feel better about it was like, if this was real life, I would have heard the, the truck or something, you know, but maybe not because modern because it's not like it was a Mack truck. It's like a modern SUV. Yeah, they can be pretty quiet. They can be pretty quiet. Eh, I'm, if I'm not here for the pod one week, we know what happened. <laughs> yeah. I tried to cross the street. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's just hope that I can respawn here too. Right. So. Hey, that would be, I don't know. Careful what you wish for. Fair. I don't know. They're on respawn here. <laughs> I'd like to respawn a few years ahead, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah. So again, that's been, that's been the thing I've played the most in the last week, I'd say, but uh, what about you? What have you been up to? Um, so the creeper world four demo dropped this Ooh. week. Um, for those of the pod, uh, we've talked a little bit about it and a little bit about Creeper World 3 as one of my all-time favorite just-go-back-to-it-whenever games. Uh, Creeper World is an interesting... It's it's just an interesting series of games. All of them are independent. There's a, a slight bit of storyline that I guess kind of... There are nods to the other episodes and things that happen. Um, I think this one, at least in the demo, takes place before all of... So it's like a prequel. Um I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I pay a little bit of attention to the story, but the story is not where it's at in this game. It is one of the most unique takes on, I guess we've talked to the closest thing that we can relate it to as a tower defense game, mm-hmm. but it's really kind of not even that. Well, it's it's like tower defense plus RTS. Yeah. Because in most tower defense games, you're like placing stuff and there's like rounds and clear. Yeah, there's no waves and you don't earn money mm-hmm. for destroying enemies. There is... There's only, I guess, one enemy, uh, or there are nodes of enemies. You're fighting against a liquid, mm-hmm. a gelatinous kind of semi-sentient, but not really alien liquid. Uh, and the only action it takes is to generate more of itself. And there are a few spots on the map where it'll have like things that generate more of it and just constantly spew out liquid. Um, and you build various buildings slash turrets slash towers that can lift up and redeploy in other areas. They move really slow. Um, You build a network of kind of pylons and towers to the, the little towers generate energy for you based off of just reclaiming the land around the tower. And then also give you a network of nodes because that energy goes back to your base and then your base redistributes it to either build more towers or it uses it as ammo. So you have kind of an energy graph. If you have too many towers but no land claimed, then they're not shooting very fast because they only resupply every so often, like very slowly. But if you have a lot of these towers set up, then you have a, a vast network to generate energy. You can have a bunch of towers and they all have to be within a range of one of these little nodes or pylons or whatever. Um, and the, the the 2D versions of the game, so 1, 2, and 3 were all top down. Uh, and they were still super awesome, super fun. You get fighter jets and sniper towers and mortars, kind of all your general regular fare. Uh, but moving into 3D, he's done a lot. It's developed by one guy, Ed Knucklecracker, and he's done a lot to make real fluid dynamics in the game. So if you have a mortar tower and it shoots an explosive mortar shell into a deep area of this purple blob stuff, it'll generate waves and ripples and those waves can slosh over terrain. And this creep, the the creep, what they call it is it'll damage your, basically just slowly damages everything. So if it touches a tower, that tower is going to explode pretty soon. So having it slosh over a wall could spell disaster if you don't have a couple of extra gun turrets or something behind that wall to clean up the splash and there's just a ton of little mechanics i mean in the demo i think there's currently eight missions uh most of the missions are probably about if you're playing them slow like i do uh 
about 15 minutes or so. The mm. last couple of missions are easily half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, and I, yeah, I would just interject that um, some of us might take longer than 15 minutes, even if we're quote unquote going slow. That's, that's all. <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, I mean, like 15, 20 is I, I feel, you know, up and sure. up. Well, you made it through all. Of, were, you, were you playing them for an hour each? No, I don't think it's an hour each. Okay. I, I, I do I do just I feel like what happens honestly and it's it's what makes me think of it as an RTS I think is that just like an RTS my my innate way that I want to play is like I want to build one building and then wait and then I want to build one guy and then wait and then and it's this really slow methodical thing but it turns out you can actually just blast out towers pretty quickly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Especially you go... if you if you start like because you can pause the game at any point. It's a real it's an RTS, but it's single player. You can pause at any point. And there are a lot of a lot of fine mechanics. So there's like blue ore areas on the map, and if you put a miner on those areas, it can either generate what's called like blueite, which is one of the game's resources, which you can use to make anti creeper, which is your own liquid that will repel the creep and kind of matter and antimatter they annihilate each other kind of one to one it protects your areas too so if you cover your areas in anti-creeper they're say kind of safe um but you can also switch it to generate energy and so you know the the last mission that they released in, in this update this last week you have to micromanage like these two little patches of blueite between do you want to get the ore or do you want more energy because you can't take enough land because because land energy generation is your primary way of doing it but you just can't you don't have the resources to spend on that in the early time of the mission so you've got to kind of flip them back and forth and pause and check your energy graphs and see like can i afford to build towers right now or can i feel do i have to build weapons like there are other enemy units that will spawn. So there's like spore towers that will launch blobs into the air. And wherever they land, they'll explode and drop more of this creeper. And the only way you can take them out is either wait for them to land and just destroy the creeper they spawn with turrets or have missile towers. But then they have to, to rearm them, you have to mine another resource and have a factory that like reprocesses it. And missile turrets shoot kind of slow. So if there's a lot of spore launchers, one missile turret won't defend you. Even if it could defend the whole area, it can only take down one or two of these spores. So you got to build a bunch of missile turrets, but you can't afford to build them because then if you build nothing but missile turrets, a wave of creep splashes over your base. There's like a, a collector creep, which will just... It only collects creeper that spills over top of it, but it stores it until it reaches a certain limit and then it unleashes all of it in this massive wave um so you've got to like be careful of just because you're defending against it right now doesn't mean that like every minute or so it's going to release a big wave at you um and then there's these little blobs that whenever they launch they crawl across the map and they can only be killed by sniper turrets and stuff so there there is some complexity in enemy types even though it's mostly you versus a liquid um yeah. but there's like bits of terrain that are called like breeder terrain which can work for or against you if anti-creeper is on it 
it just generates more anti-creep wherever whenever it's on top of that terrain but if there's creeper on it it'll generate more creeper so it kind of amplifies the effects of whatever are there so there's actually a fair amount of strategy in uh the full version of the game which you can follow along the dev blogs through knucklecracker on their discord or their youtube uh but in like the third version of the game as well there's aircraft units that can stray for drop bombs there's um you know different enemy types that can that can spawn in um and there's even like terrain modification stuff so you can flatten terrain or build walls of the terrain and stuff to try to push your advance slowly forward and then you can nullify certain bits of either the, the blob nest that creates the little blobs or the spore launchers or stuff you can build a little device that nullifies it and as long as you can supply it with power and ammo it'll keep that thing nullified so that's how you win eventually in most of the missions is by nullifying most or all of the enemy units or by acquiring certain towers or other objectives on the map by kind of claiming and powering up those areas um but i've been following creeper world 4 through its whole development i loved creeper world 3 and their other game particle effect or particle fleet rather and uh creeper world 4 is everything i wanted i think the transition to 3d really makes this game full you know full camera control zoom spin rotate all the good stuff but having the 3d terrain and watching creeper come at you in waves and spikes and splashes to me it just really enhances the game a huge amount and i absolutely love it yeah no i so you introduced me to creeper world 3 i i don't know how long ago now uh, i mean it came out in 2014 i just looked up so it's been out for a while but it was a few years ago i want to say that you introduced me to it um I, I, and i don't mean this as a criticism of anything you've said at all to be clear knowing the game everything you just said makes so much sense and maybe if someone doesn't know it it still does if it doesn't for any reason though because it's it, it's, it's a just hard to totally explain unique game yeah it is and it, i mean if you could see it though it's like everything you said is like yeah that's a, right just exactly how it works um but i mean creeper world 3 full price is 15 dollars, so not not a big not a big price tag but if you're not interested in paying anything totally fine just go get the demo of creeper world yeah 4, the demo for creeper free. world 4 is free right now go yep. pick it up wish you know just check it out it if you watch dev videos make sure to watch recent ones because the game has he he devs pretty rapidly but he also prototypes really roughly so things will be circles and squares in his early videos but he shows all of it and uh so either watch a more recent video or just go go pick up the demo, which probably just the better option because it's as free as watching it would be. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just a, it's such a cool thing. Like it sounds like, Oh, I'm fighting liquid. Like I don't understand. It's super cool. It's, I mean, I would say as a pure tower defense, as you and I have concluded many times, I think uh, balloons is probably the best pure tower defense series right. that I've played. But even that is still very much, a traditional tower defense game. It's just a really, really good version of that right. thing. This is totally different. And it's not because it borrows from RTS and tower defense, but it just, I don't know, man, the, 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 the way that the liquid mechanics end up playing out and for, for, for it being not a very menacing enemy, like it doesn't have a face. It doesn't right. murder people with, there's not people on the map anyway, but there's no gore to the game, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
there is there is so much tension though in oh yeah trying to figure it out and and i i know that there are people because there are world records shown for every level mm -hmm. there are people who are like infinitely better than i ever even want to be at the game oh the, a lot of a lot of the speed records are set in like under a minute for most levels under three minutes for like the insane difficulty levels which i just mm -hmm. that takes so many risky moves and when when i was playing through the demo i was usually in the the upper thousands like i think the lowest right. i ever got on a leaderboard was like seven thousand but that might have just been the last mission I played, which might mean that that was just how many people had played up to that point, because the demo was pretty right. new. So I don't know. <laughs> so I might have been very bottom of the leaderboard in all <laughs> levels. I don't know. Um, but it's a it's a super interesting game, super cool game. And, and uh, one of the more innovative things that I've seen, like everything has something to compare it to. I mean, even, yeah, I mean, yeah, almost everything feels derivative in some way. And it, it, I mean, I guess it kind of borrows from again RTS and TD, but I don't know. But I only like a little it's... bit. Even even some of the other like kind of real time tower defenses, like uh, I'm not not Rise of the Mutants. I have a couple of them. I, I've played few a few of them, but one of the big things is there's just not. You don't have a like money that you have to spend to get your stuff. You can build. If you want to build the most expensive tower right out the gate, you can, but you're limited by how much energy you can produce and how fast you can transmit it. So if you can only produce two energy a tick and that thing costs 100 energy, it's just going to take forever to build that thing. Now, if you have a defensible location and it doesn't matter, then go for it. Um, but if you build up your energy generation, like it's just all constant. And once you have it... it when you spend it you don't lose it it's right. it's literally it's just you constantly it's a constant drain versus a constant production um yeah and and so if you do defend an area or you nullify a creeper spawner that's spawning a bunch of this fluid you actually quote unquote get money from that because now you're not wasting energy refueling guys with ammo for that area so you you actually end up with a surplus of energy where you might have been at a negative before well, and what I also really like is that you can you can move all the guns. So you build this elaborate gun layout maybe to take out a certain spawner, but then there's another one on the other corner of the map. Well, you don't have to just have all that wasted infrastructure. You right. can just pick it up and move it all over to the new area and go, um, which I really appreciated. I like that you can – that most of the weapons have like – some ammo in them so that you can lift them up and move them outside of tower range so maybe they're not connected to a tower but there's a hill that has just a very thin amount of creeper on it you can move some turrets up there they'll shoot it all down and now that land is clear and even though they're all out of ammo it buys you like 30 seconds to build a tower up there before the next wave of liquid flows over and mm -hmm. if you can do that now you've secured that location and now you have a new front that you can move into or whatever and it's a surprisingly strategic game for, you know, it, it has its faults. It is one developer. It, some of the GUI stuff is kind of plain or maybe not the as well explained or as kind of natural as you would think it would be. Uh, but the developer is also super open to feedback. Several of the things that they've done a couple of developer chats, several people mentioned in chat of like, hey, these are things we'd like. 
actually are things that are already in the game. None of us knew how to access them, though. So there's a few mm. keyboard shortcuts and stuff that really aren't elaborated on very well. Um, the story is super cheesy, um, but whatever. It's all it's all text based kind of, you know, informational type stuff. And there is information in there that's you, you still want to read it because it's important to know how the level works. Um, but it's kind of corny and whatever. I like that, though, because it, it almost feels like playing through a B-movie. Like if Starship Troopers was versus Goo instead of versus Bug Aliens, it's like playing through that. And for me, that's actually kind of it's campy without either forcing itself to be campy a la Blood Dragon, which it's great if you want to do that. That's fine. But it's also not trying to take itself too seriously either. And so I think it fits a really good middle ground in its presentation of what it is. It kind of knows what it is, but it also just does it so well. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't finished all the levels in the demo, but um, that's because I don't ever finish any game. So even even a demo. <laughs> even a demo. <laughs> yeah. But um, but no, it's great. It's great. And like I said earlier, if if you don't know what we're talking about or it's like, man, just just go do the demo. It, it takes two minutes to download. It's a tiny thing. And it's a really cool game. It's a really unique experience. Yeah. So, um, so non-game related, and I, you probably won't want to talk about it very much, and that's okay. We don't have to. But I feel like it's worth mentioning, and that is something that I'm curious to see how it will continue to unfold. And that is that EA, I know, EA, um, I don't know if they're moving away from Origin entirely, or what they're doing, but they're releasing all of their games on Steam now. Oh, like, and they're also pushing a lot of things over to the Switch too. Yeah, well, but that's but I mean, that's I mean those just, are ports. Console. Yeah, right, right. I mean, but like Origin on. I mean, these games already existed on PC, but they have been locked down on EA's own platform, which is Origin. Right, which. A lot of people, especially in the PC gaming community, hate. That's why Epic caught such a backlash last year for mm -hmm. for doing the same thing. Really, I didn't really care when EA or excuse me when Epic did it because <laughs> we had already crossed this line with Origin and UPlay and I, I don't know. There's probably more GOG, right? You know, Gal GOG Galaxy or whatever. But um, but yeah, there. I mean, you know, so it started with like the Command and Conquer remaster mm -hmm. came over. But now, like Titanfall Two, I mean, I think, I think maybe everything is showing up. Well, they there. had a giant EA developer sale on Steam. Yeah. Too. Well, that's when they brought okay. everything over. Yeah. Because every because that was the. Yeah, I was wondering. Effect. I was like, I don't remember seeing any of these on Steam before. Nope. Um, they that was when we talked about you know how badly I wanted to play Mirror's Edge Catalyst, but couldn't. So. Right. I mean, it is still published by EA, so you still, even if you buy it through Steam, technically do give them right. money, I guess. Um, but at, I do. I, so while I wasn't mad at Epic because I can't control any of these companies. And again, this is ground we've already treaded before. I certainly am all for just having everything in Steam as much as possible. You know what I mean? Like I would prefer not to have 16 different launchers to log into. Right. Um, now, I don't know if they're doing it like Uplay, where like Uplay, if you own a game on Steam that's a Ubisoft game, you also still have to register it on Uplay. Right. And even when you launch it through Steam, it still loads It Uplay has to load the Uplay. Yeah, that happened with 
primal, which Warcraft. really frustrated me because it's like it has to load up a second launcher just to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And but mm-hmm. eat my my very precious system resources. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, so um so I just I think that's interesting to see. I think it's interesting to see where that goes because you know, obviously we don't talk about TV and stuff here very much, but we've seen this in in the TV film space where first we had Netflix and like Hulu and now there's 15 options. Well, I mean, it, I don't it know. goes in those waves. I think this is this. I was going to bring up TV because this is this. It looks to me like the same wave that started to happen when absolutely everybody tried to make their own streaming service. But then all of them that were even moderately successful bought up the lesser successful ones like your crunchy rolls and, and things like that. And then it, it kind of stopped. And then there is kind of a second wave of like your Disney plus and even things that used to be a part of Amazon prime have fragmented where now you need like a stars subscription or what, like there's a lot of prime video used to be a great deal as at least even for the rentals. Cause the rentals would be like $2 for new releases. Uh, but now there's a lot of things that you can't even rent without having a trial of one of these cable packages or something. And all of the channels now have their own package. So it's like, you can't even get a bulk deal of anything anymore but i think that the the, this is kind of that first maybe wave retraction in the video game Uh, that's not even video game streaming yet really hasn't taken off that much but the video game services um that these platforms who know i i would be fine if ea lost some of its grip and maybe just got bought by valve entirely but you know um (laughs) i don't think that's what this indicates um i I can hope you know (laughs) then i could play titanfall and mirror's edge and (laughs) right right um yeah i don't i don't i mean i i I think that it's i think that it's just interesting to see ea kind of concede like hey the, the us having our own platform to compete directly with steam except that we're largely only going to sell our games or independent titles and not right. all of the independent titles, just some of them. It just doesn't really make sense. I think and... it only works when you go aggressive. Like, like I really think that the... um, Lord, why can't I think of it? The, weird, the Fortnite launcher. Epic. The like, Epic launcher. <laughs> the, the, it really only works because of Fortnite money and all of, like, how aggressively they went after titles. Um. I, like without that, I don't think it really would have worked. I don't think without a Borderlands or something else, some big ones and a bunch of indies. Um, I think that, in my opinion, and maybe it's just proper contract negotiation too on their part. Not that I'm, you know, supporting or for for or against, but uh, like we just had the announcement this week that Mixer is pretty much being canceled. I was going to bring that up too after this. Yep, and yep. and I think that either they went too fast, too hard on their contract negotiations and gave up too much money, or they just didn't have like the quote unquote Fortnite money to, to support it. Is that like Mixer was not new, but they became very aggr- hyper aggressive on buying up like ninjas and the other big streamers and trying to get these giant contracts and get them away from Twitch. Maybe within the last six months to a year, that they got super aggressive about getting big contracts, but it, and they've been around for and mixers actually been around for a while, but nobody knew it existed until they started trying to get these contracts. But then I mean, like mixer was owned, is owned by Microsoft, right? 
but I mean, that doesn't that doesn't mean that they're willing to throw that level of money at it. Like, right, right. Like, just because it's Microsoft doesn't that Microsoft has a billion projects that are going on constantly, and most of them don't go anywhere. Sure, um, sure, sure. So it's, it, but it's just kind of interesting to me that like I feel like Epic's really the only one that's done this kind of aggressive change and really. stayed stuck with it i guess um well it's it's still it's still not apples to apples though because epic is providing games that either aren't exclusive to epic which is most of their library right or you know something like Fortnite is because that's their first party thing but otherwise most of it is like maybe they've got a contract like borderlands was exclusive to epic for six months but origin all of their flagship titles are all ea games right so I think that's the other thing, you know, really that they probably banked on and got wrong because <laughs> Does indie developers make good stuff. <laughs> no, no, because they have indie games, too. No, what I was going to say is what I think they got wrong is that and the reason that you don't like them, which is fair, um, is that their their big first party IP titles didn't actually succeed that well. So right. Mass Effect Andromeda, if that had been as successful as the first mass effect game or you know mass effect 2 probably even more so then that might have really been a driver of people to be like well i really want to play that on pc and that's the only place i can do it so fine i will go or um titanfall 2 that was supposed to be this huge deal because titanfall 1 was largely considered to be like an overlooked gem because it didn't really get a lot of traction but titanfall 2 largely flopped also now it's had a second wave actually this week because it's on steam again right so the player base is shot back up, but it's not such a good title that people are like, fine, I have to to have an origin account now right. because I just really want to play it. So I think they were kind of banking on the, the the value of their IP. And I mean, that's what everyone who makes something does. I mean, you don't well, make something. No, but I, I think that <laughs> I've never heard. I've never seen a news title that said. EA announces that they're going to take another eight months to work on this game because they just want to deliver the best product possible. A la Cyberpunk 77's recent announcement. Like, we're going to, like, what, the second or third major delay by a significant portion. But everybody's like, they're just trying to make the game that they want to make and make it the best that they can be. It's not like they said, Hey guys, Andromeda has got a lot of bugs in it and we would like to add more story content to it. So we're going to delay release by eight months. No, the news that you heard was EA announces 180 hour work weeks and no paid overtime and lunch will be gruel for all employees. Like you just hear terrible things about crunch and pressure and, them and then they and then Andromeda was laughed at for how t- how abysmally buggy it was and how terrible the story was and how rushed it felt. I, I think that if if I were to see EA like you know what we're gonna actually listen to community feedback, change some things, uh, you know, pay our employees properly and not rush this next big title. I don't know, maybe I'd give them another chance, but I don't hear those stories out of EA. I hear constant yeah. stories of turmoil and pressured game development, which is just eh. I mean, the only thing I can think of that's been a smash hit for them in the last five years is Apex Legends. That game does do very well, and that game did actually drive. In fact, I'm actually, now that I think about it, I remember when Apex Legends launched, 
And I was blown away because I had seen no press on it. I had seen no coverage on on anything. I had no idea it was a title coming out. And in the first week, I think it had like 10 million downloads. Right. Which means that it had, well, but that's not entirely true because some of that's on consoles. Well, whatever, whatever fraction of that was on PC, all of those were new origin account, or, you know, right. origin account. they're all new. I already had one, but, but either way, like, so I really thought that that was actually a really strong play by them because it's like, well, this is what you have to have. You have to have something that people say, that's what I want to play. And that's the only place I can play it. Right. So fine, I'll do it. But if you don't do that, uh, then I don't know how you, you win. And, and EA wasn't able to do that. Now, again, that's also because they're insisting that everything be exclusive. You play mm-hmm. and and Epic, I don't think are going to do that. Now, I, I say that, I don't know, because I don't think I don't think Fortnite is available on Steam. No, no. But okay. I, again, that's it, it's kind of they have a flagship, but they also have a sustained model of other titles. Well, and Epic, I mean, I don't think Epic is, I mean, EA has a pretty large catalog of EA titles. Right. I don't think Epic has that that no. same category of not Not EA titles. status, for sure. They have right. quite a few, but not EA status. Yeah. So, I mean, because Uplay is not something that anyone cares about as far as I know, but they also don't insist that that's the only place you can play things. Right. So if Epic were doing something like also bidding for Borderlands or all, if Epic were, tr- if Epic were truly trying to compete with steam, sorry, if EA were trying to compete with steam and Epic, you would see Epic or you would see EA buying up licensing deals for exclusivity on other new games and right. e- games that they aren't publishing. Um, right. So it doesn't really seem, and the fact that they're pushing everything out on Steam, it does seem kind of like they're throwing in the towel a little bit. And yeah. especially because that opens it all up to Steam sales, that opens, you know. But like you said, you also see a giant surge in players for old e- older EA games. And it's like, yep. I, the player base is just there. Kind of like the, the viewer base is just on Twitch. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised to see that Mixer and they sold to Facebook is who Microsoft mm-hmm. sold or partnered with right. sell it, or partnered with for it, um, which I don't I, I not to go off on a Facebook tangent, but I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I don't know if I like I was really surprised. I mean, it makes sense to some extent because Facebook bought Oculus. I was going right? to say so, I was really surprised that the Oculus worked on face like that that made it more than one round. <laughs> Because yeah. it seems like Facebook is the killer. Like Facebook Cash, the cryptocurrency, that that's vaporware. Like, so no, I agree. I don't. I mean, they're allowing the renegotiation of all the contracts, and Facebook isn't trying to push for exclusivity either, so they can stream on Twitch again. So most people are just returning to Twitch, and if they do sign a Facebook contract, most of them are trying to keep Twitch as an open option to multi-stream too. Um, so I don't know how that's going to play out, but yeah, yeah. I know that. I mean, for me, I, I don't think I ever logged into mixer a single time. Like I'm not a huge stream guy anyway, uh, as I say, as we're live on Twitch. Um, (laughs) but, but yeah, but, but if I am going to check out a stream, I'm just already comfortable with Twitch. I've already got, I've got Amazon prime, which is Twitch prime. I've already got people I follow the few that I do like, I don't know. I just don't. I, I'm, I'm not, not going to go to Facebook to search for game reviews. 
new. Yeah, new, I don't really think uh, that's. I don't think many gamers are. I don't know how well, many. Kind of like. I mean, YouTube has live streaming. I don't watch yeah, that either. That's true. You know, and I even frequent. I used YouTube a million times more than I used Twitch, but not for streaming. <laughs> I would. I would find it. It was better for indie titles that were largely played in like Europe and Asia. It, it worked. There were more. So like when I was big into Robocraft, there would be one stream on Twitch and like twelve on YouTube gaming. So <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, I'll just go wherever the the people content. are where the content is that's right yeah i'm not like dedicated to the platform but i don't think about which i don't know how much of a service it even is anymore there's there are live youtube videos but not many and yeah i think for the most part i'll just if i am looking for something live i'll go to twitch i think for the most part though i just google something and whatever shows up in a youtube video but i'm i don't go for a lot of live content anyway so that's what I was going to say. I mean, I watch YouTube streaming for like news. Like if there's a, I don't know, a presidential address or I don't right. know, whatever. I'm not going to look be. for a Twitch stream on that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Kind of an interesting changing of the guard in both of those areas with, with Mixer and, and Twitch. I mean, changing of the guard is kind of a weird way to say it, I guess, because it's not like Mixer was the dominant one and now right. Twitch is overtaking them. Twitch has always been the dominant one. But yeah, just interesting activity, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. is a better way to say it in those spaces. Um, and yeah, like I said, good riddance to Origins exclusivity. Because um, that's, I mean, that I am one of the ones that did actually fall. And I don't even, I say fall for, but I don't regret any of my decisions with Origin. But I did get Origin and, and even subscribe to Origin Access because... I do want to play some EA titles yeah. and that's the only place I could, you know what I mean? I don't hate anybody that plays EA and I don't hate talking about no, it I don't either. I do like, I do like poking fun at it as a, a, the giant mega evil corporation, but sure, sure. Um, that's just cause I've yeah. got, I've, I've already dug this hole and I'm not about to get out of it. I'm going to stand tall with my shovel. And <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that was just a complete, side rail from from you know actual playing of games but anything else that you played in this last week uh so the D campaign is finally mm. kind of taking off um it it's really more like dungeons and dinner uh at this point because there are several chefs in the the party uh myself included and i think we're also not D chefs real chefs. yeah real chefs real actual human chefs um <laughs> And we're all kind of competing for trying to outdo each other on like make which is not really outdo each other. That's the wrong way of saying it. We're all trying to cook awesome food for everyone. Oh no, outdo is fine. And yeah, like oh, what a horrible plight you find yourself. Right, in. it's the best way if you're going to try to outdo somebody, outdo them, you know, by having yeah. a potluck. So <laughs> we just had like sous vide and then smoked pork belly. Um, in like these sandwiches and with a like a custom or homemade aioli sauce those were delicious i made my dumplings uh make little fried gyoza which come out amazing and then we had just asian candies and snacks and so when we pause like halfway through you know a mission or whatever our you know role play for an hour or two and then it's dinner time and it's dinner lasts for not it's not like hey pizza's here okay cool let's get back into it as we stuff our faces it's like no we pause the game clear the table 
and just kind of eat food for 45 minutes <laughs> as we like cook up and serve appetizers are coming in and it becomes this kind of round robin thing. So uh, you had a package of ramen and a couple frozen egg rolls. So I get, I kind of wear, yeah, with yeah you, you chow on that for 45 minutes as they, <laughs> I had to pause my gaming sessions to enjoy my dinner. Oh, we have discussed anyway. how maybe we do need to just do a pizza night though. So we can get, cause like over a four hour gaming session, like one hour being dinner is the quarter of the time there. And, for being able to only play once a week, you know, but it's hard to turn down amazing meals. Like I'm kind of willing right. to sacrifice some of that time, but we are, uh, we are all hitting, you know, we, we all got to level two and uh, are starting to do small character things, but we're still very squishy 15 HP guys that almost got wrecked by six goblin things we fought what would happen if that happened like what would happen if you guys didn't get the rolls and you lost the fight is it just gg i mean you die yeah you if you die you get a chance to make uh death saves which so if you go to zero hp uh you as long as you don't go negative your full amount of hp you get to make death saving throws uh which means basically when your turn comes up you get a roll a d20 if it's over 10, you make a success. If it's under 10, you lose a success uh, or you make a failure or whatever. And then if it's a crit 20 or a nat 1, it's two of that direction. If you make three saves, you stand back up at 1 HP or at least become conscious at 1 HP. Uh, if you fail three times, you are dead and your soul is released from your body. Now... It depends on the DM, the campaign, any number of things. There are ways to get your character rezzed, but that's probably 6,000 gold, um, which is very expensive in D&D terms, especially at level 2. We, I have 9 gold. Um, I think our richest player may have 40 gold. Um, so 6,000 is out of the question. Uh, you may... Now, if you're like a warlock, or you've made a deal with a god or something, you may get assigned a new body or get sent back. There's any number of things that you can do, but most most of the rules state that, you know, you're just dead. You roll up a new character sheet. Um, if you're dying and somebody attacks you, it's an automatic critical hit, which is two death, like, saves in the wrong direction, two failures. Mm -hmm. um, so you can just die, die pretty easily if you're at zero HP. Um, but you do get a chance to try to stand back up. It just seems like if people died that it would be kind of a quick. I mean, there's how many of you total? Four or five? Oh, there's about five players, yeah. So, I mean, if one or two people die. I mean, that's what they pretty much. Are... If one or two die, usually everybody dies, which is just a total party kill. Yeah, um, yeah. It's up to the DM. There's any, I mean, it's a game. And the, the great thing about it is that the DM is in full control. So any number of things can happen. You can roll up a new character, and whenever they come back to town, you're just sitting in the pub as the mysterious character in the corner, and boom, you're right back in. Um, if the total party, if everybody wipes and the DM, you know, agrees that, you know, they can be redone, you can start the whole battle over and, you know, just get a save state or whatever and reload. Um, it, it, at least in the way, like, I and, and this other DM kind of run things is you also have a curtain. You don't have to show every roll. So if you know that somebody's at one HP and 
maybe you like it's easy to it's it's very difficult to make a battle and know exactly because the the dice can do anything and the creatures can kind of do anything. So if I roll a critical hit on my goblin and roll all max damage and that's going to kill one of the other players, I really look at it like, is this a fair kill? Like most of the time, in my opinion, when I DM, if the players die, it should really be their fault. Like if they go, you know, charging into the dragon's lair and they all get breath weaponed, well, they knew what they were doing and then they deserve that. Um, but if they spend their time to find the lore of the dragon and learn its weaknesses and devise a plan and try to lure it out and that plan goes awry, it's more fun to keep things going with that, you know, Benny Hill theme series of unfortunate events where things keep getting worse it's not fun like as a dm it's very easy to just eat somebody's character like because you're kind of god so you can do whatever um there are some players that play very strictly by the rules it's a lot harder to do that because you have to be a lot more careful about tailoring the account the encounters to be fair um there's also i mean like a lot of players forget that you can run away like running away is usually an option and that's a that totally valid tactic like if i'm low on hp i'm running <laughs> yeah well i did and i mean a full group wipe i get totally because then everyone restarts i guess my point was like i'm trying to think of what game it is that i was playing i can't remember anymore but there's there's some other games that i've played that are i mean it would be like if like let's say you were playing not related to role playing at all but like a five-player game of civilization right right and one of you gets nuked early and you you're just out and your civilization's gone well like i'm not hanging out anymore guys because right. i'm not going to sit here for four hours while you play and i wait so it just seems like it would be a problem if some one person died because it breaks the group it up and be. now um yeah. there's a few ways to deal with it it depends on how early or late into the game if it's late into the game i'm sticking right. around to see what happens and, uh, you know, I may have to wait for a long while. It could be a long battle. I could have died early. And that just maybe, uh, you know, that sucks for me. But I want to know what happens because I'm still there for the story. Um, you know, I've seen they've they've had it happen in uh, other streamed uh, D&D games that some players have died. And then the party isn't in the place where their next character, they roll up a new character and that next character can't in get introduced until certain events happen. Uh, Cause they want their character to be very specific to an area or to, you know, if you're in a dungeon, you're not just going to walk down the next, you know, part of the dragon's layer and there suddenly be a ninth level rogue just hanging out like, Hey, can I join your party? Like, especially in the more story driven ones now in a homebrewed thing, it doesn't, you can I've had a character get introduced to a campaign that was already in progress through a dimensional rift and just fall into the party and whatever you're here now deal with it like that's fine as long as everybody agrees that that's OK, but that's fair. in a more serious campaign that's a lot more about the story. It may be you're just you're hanging in a back room until your character gets introduced and then you walk in and the players all think it's an NPC because maybe they're, you know. There, it's described as an NPC and they don't know the difference until all of a sudden your voice comes out and you're the one there. Mm. Um, 
but it can also be there it, it can also be that a lot of the kind of traditional more adventure module style things there are games where you're meant to come to the table with three to four character sheets ready like do not get attached to any of these you will die this is a real dungeon with real danger and you're going to lose characters so have extras on standby um hmm. generally that's not how i play but there are people that play that way and it's a totally valid and acceptable way to play i like a little bit more story to my characters so yeah hmm. well fair enough yeah i was just curious um like i said I've, I've seen that happen before i think it must have been game of thrones the board game where someone and that's a i mean at least when we played back in the day it was like a three-hour session and someone just get marked in the first hour and it's like I kind of feel sorry for you that you drove over here and made plans for tonight to be here and now you can't play for two hours right. like that. But we also can't start over. Yeah, they're already now it's a five hour night. Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know what to do, but I if I were you, I would not like this outcome because, well, that's dumb. You I mean, it's, I mean? So... it sucks to have a character die in D&D &D no matter what, because yeah. especially the longer you play, because that now you're. <laughs> talk about getting gibbed in the first hour of a five-hour game get gibbed at like hour 150 of a 300 hour campaign like right. that's a it hurts <laughs> you've put a lot of work into that character a lot of time thought energy of plans for them you know and yeah so hmm. it always sucks to lose a character but it does happen right 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 so yeah dnd is my big one i did not i moonlighter is toast i made it through the second dungeon and didn't want to do that series of game loops two more times where i had to go look up the wiki to find all the best prices on items so i'm i haven't uninstalled it yet but i'm ready to i'm not going to return to it <laughs> yeah it's not a bad game it's a good game and i think if you like that game style it's an awesome game um it's just not for me i i want more of the shop that's and so that was you know whenever we first talked about it that's what i shared with you that my conclusion was i don't think i played it as long as you did but the combat's okay um it's a little more unforgiving than i like and if you played it for long enough then it's probably not because you can get used to it but i wasn't compelled enough to get good at it right and and the shopkeeping part was kind of overwhelming, uh, excuse me, underwhelming. So it was just like, mm, meh. Yeah. I think it's pretty. I get it. I can see why it's appealing to some people. It's honestly, and it's not a roguelite at all, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like the way I feel about roguelites. It's like, I get it and I'm not mad that it exists. And I don't think, I don't wish they didn't make them or something. I'm, I'm not first in line to buy roguelites. Right. Yep. Just don't, not my thing, usually at least. So. Yeah, I think that's most of what I've played. I am kind of back into an Archero kick. I had picked that back up while playing Moonlighter and then just kind of am full force back into that. And my, my mobile time is there. Um, it's just the same as it always is, though. It's a, it's a dinky little adventure game time waster. So, Yeah, I played some Archero actually over this weekend. I made it to the third level or the third dungeon or right. world or whatever it's called finally. Um and yeah, it's still, it's still good. It's still good. I actually played enough until I exhausted the the credits. Hey, that I had to hey. Start which is game. actually kind of hard to do because usually by the time you get through two or three levels, you've recharged another level. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I don't get very far into the third world, though. I get to like, I think I'm getting to level 19 in that. Right. And then I get to the, the boss, which is this like dragon thing. Mm -hmm. And the cutesy little puffy dragon. That. No, or the big giant maw dragon, giant golden okay. dragon. Yeah, I was going to say the little puffy dragon is deceiving because it's cute and happy. And that one is the one that always wrecks me in the later missions because mm. it gets some ridiculously difficult to dodge powers like yeah. It's kind of weird because it's in the later levels, it gets a little bit like a bullet hell, but unlike a bullet hell, there are no real patterns. Like there are, but they, they can be very random. Where like a yeah. bullet hell is meant to have these wave patterns that you go through and kind of memorize. You can't do that in Archero. No. Sometimes no, you, you just walk into a room and 500 things shoot all at you at once and you're right. done. <laughs> right. Yeah, I do. I don't know. I get that it's mobile and it's free. So, I, you know people don't work for free and I don't expect them to. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's a part of me that wishes I could like pay $5 one time and then get way more drops so that I could fuse stuff. Right. together. Yeah. That is the only thing. Cause it's like, I do want to fuse more items because they've done a lot of work to make the items like now get abilities as they get fused. So the higher tiers get new upgrades and abilities to them. There's new item drops. Like now I've got an, there's ultimate skills that you can get, which you either double tap to activate them or they just activate automatically. The one I got one that's apparently fairly rare that just gives you another skill, which is the hmm. only way to get skills after your max level. And, and especially in the longer dungeons, it has paid off. It's been the make or break and the only way that I've really gotten to advance a couple of times. So th there are a lot of new things. I do agree. I wish there were more loot drop abilities. Like you said, like a $5 to double the loot drops or something um permanently right permanently, permanently. <laughs> i was very tempted to spend one of the characters the only other character that i actually want uh went on sale uh, one of the money purchasable characters rather i have all of the others that you can get without real money purchase but it went on sale for like 11.99 instead of 15 dollars or something it's just the ice girl and ice is pretty op in that game because it slows enemies down and can mm -hmm. stun lock them so she's just a stun locker and she gets a powerful ice. So it's like, uh, I mean, I've played enough of this game, but it's really hard for me to like a $10 in-app purchase on a mobile game. Like I'm hard pressed to put $10 in-app purchase into an Overwatch or a League of Legends or something like. Right. I don't know that. I, well, and I also don't want it to ruin the game either. I don't want to be OP just to be OP and then stomp through the levels and be done. Like, I feel like that's what would happen. I think all of the characters, though, besides the default one, have less health. Yeah. So I don't know. It might be it might be a little more balanced than than that. But you're right. The freezing is super, super powerful. So maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, you? Do you have anything else? Um, No, I don't think so. I've been playing. There's I, I've been playing a little bit of this game, uh, Stellaris. Um, but I think I'll save I'll save that to play some more throughout this week and, and maybe jump into that next week because it's it's a really cool game, but I'm also, I've played it before, of course, and then came back and played a few hours of it, but it was literally just last night that I played. Fair enough. Like straight hours. So it's not, I, I still, I think it's still on the You've radar. also pushed some recommendations. I may, may look at it. I don't know. We'll see. Man, I, I yeah. So the people who make Stellaris also make, um, Europa Universalis and Crusader Kings. Paradox is the publisher. Okay. And all of them follow this theme. So now I am just going to talk about it very briefly. 
all of them follow this theme. I won't, I won't go into my own personal stories as much, but, but just to explain the premise of it, it's kind of like a 4X game in its pacing, but it's real time. Right. Now, something that would be compared to that would be like Sins of a Solar Empire, but Sins of the Solar Empire is much more like an RTS paced like a 4X game. Um, that, I mean, you do still take over different planets and stuff in that. But in Stellaris and in Crusader Kings and in Europa Universalis, unlike something like a civilization where you pick India and your leader is Gandhi and you are just Gandhi for an for infinite number of years. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, you're not even really referenced as Gandhi right. outside of like maybe the leader interaction screens or something. But it doesn't really matter that you're Gandhi as far as gameplay goes. Mm. Well, in, in the Crusader Kings and, and again, Solaris and Europe, Europa, the Paradox strategy games, you very much do actually play as the nation, not as a leader of the nation that is like this omnipotent <laughs> commander, you know. Um, instead, it's like you start out with a leader and depending on your government type, you might be maybe you you're in a democracy and every 10 years in your civilization, there's elections. And so every 10 years, the leader that you have potentially changes and they have different stats and different attributes and stuff that, that dictate how they will rule. Um, and there's, there's just a, there's just a lot of, of that. And, and I will say Stellaris probably leans into that the least um, with Crusader Kings in Europa. I mean, you might get a guy that's a king that's like a great king, and then his son is just like a complete Derpfest idiot. the fourth. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Right. And is there much that, way to counter that? Bad. Can you try try to assassinate him and get somebody else, or are you just stuck? Sometimes. With sometimes, yeah. Sometimes there might be ways to assassinate. Uh, there might be ways to. The thing is, is that you're also not exclusively just trying to dominate the world, right? So. You might like in Crusader Kings in Europa, like you might play as a minor lord of the kingdom of France. So you're not even the king, king of France. You're just you just own a little section of land. And maybe throughout the generations of your kingdom, you try and expand it and marry off. And and yeah, and it presents you with little scenarios that come up like, hey, we just discovered in Stellaris, which is sci fi. Hey, we just discovered this abandoned spaceship. Do you want to search it and try and salvage it? Do you want to leave it behind? Do you want to report it to these other people? And there's just these kind of RNG events that pop up that then also dictate, you know, how things are going in the Empire. Right on. Um, but yeah, the lack of an intern button in them, I think, goes a long way to, to, I mean, games within turn like Civilization are famous for being the one more turn mm -hmm. problem, right? And I think Stellaris and, and Crusader Kings and, and all of those Paradox games all actually do that, but even worse because you don't know that you're not ending turns. So you just, you can very easily just lose track of time because you're just like, oh, cool, now this happened. Oh, right. You're just focused on a oh. thing. You're not focused. Right. You don't have that break of checking, did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? Am I ready to end my turn? Yes, no. Right. Like, Right. You don't have to ask yourself one more turn. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now it's two hours later and you're like, oh, no, should have been in bed. Should have been in bed. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'll dive more into Stellaris uh, hopefully next week, but um, definitely worth a look if it's not something that, that anyone out there has seen. Um, and just a unique take on the grand strategy genre, yeah. I would say. So, 
Uh, but yeah, that's probably um, that's probably good for me. All right. Awesome. So that's all for our episode today. Follow us on Twitter to join the discussion, share your thoughts, or catch our stream times. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend and help us keep growing our audience. You can also join us on Discord and in our Steam group. All of the links will be available in the show notes. If you want any more of my insights on pretty much everything in life not related to gaming, check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found.